0: DogCast, episode 61, with parental discretion on the audio comments, not for the tender ears of the young dogs.
1: Welcome to episode number 61 of the Dogcast, a very special episode coming from the bunker. We are proud
0: to bring you all the Bulldog news in the world. Old Dog? Man, it's good to be here. Back in the bunker again. We got about halfway through fall practice now. We are at the halfway point. And I hate to say it, but I really can't say that things are shaking out. No one stepped up, proving themselves to be a number one at uh, quarterback no real decision made there. Uh our number 1 running backs looking more like our number 2. Our number 2s looking more like our number 1. Uh damn. Had a had a scrimmage. Uh offense looked pretty good. Offensive line did pretty good. I don't know if that means we're going to be weak on the defensive line. Which I don't think, or maybe those boys are stepping up.
1: What the fuck are you doing? Are you just like recapping the whole? Is that it? Okay, that's a wrap. No, thanks man, for we... listening. Uh, thanks for listening. That's the end of the show. <laughs> Can
0: we take that shit one point at a time? Would Abs- that be okay? with Absolutely. You? I was just kind of you know laying out a table of contents. There. Listen,
1: let, okay, everybody wants to hear about the quarterbacks. Okay, everybody wants to know about quarterbacks. Tracy from Smyrna is bugging the. Purity shit out of me. Who's the quarterback? Who's the quarterback? Who's gonna red shirt? Who's number one? Let's talk. Let's talk about Buck Belue for a second.
0: Well, Buck, one day last week on his radio show, stuck came his out. stuck his foot in his mouth. Well, maybe yes, maybe no. I mean, he may have thrown it out just to get people a little more listenership. People calling in getting a little more controversy because, you know, that's what talk radio is all about. Absolutely. They want callers. They want to talk about it. But basically what he said. Unlike podcasting. Exactly. (laughs) But basically what he said is Matthew Stafford ain't nothing special. He said he's going to be an average Georgia quarterback. And, of course, this is coming from one of the greats. Dog fans, listen to this. He
1: used the term average. His arm strength is about average is what he said, which – as you know, if you got these group of guys out there on the Stafford Kool-Aid who think that every Stafford pass is going clearly out of the stadium, Buck Belu says he looks about average all the way
0: around. And, you know, I've got to disagree with Buck. From what I have seen, Stafford certainly got the talent. He's got the ability. Uh, his arm certainly looks above average. I think he's still got a lot of learning to do. And unlike some other publications and things that are out, I am still sticking by my prediction that he is going to be redshirted. Uh, we've had a couple of the guys have stepped up a little bit. Taraschinski seems to be coming back to the pack a little bit. I mean, put it bluntly, coming back
1: to the pack.
0: Put it bluntly, he's been sucking.
1: He he is. I'll tell you this: he is definitely not separating himself. Dog fans, we were on the bridge. For the scrimmage on Saturday. And let me just tell you how it was. We already covered the fact that last week Blake Barnes on Wednesday, Blake Barnes had a great practice. He has had some and listen, we have not touted Blake Barnes on the dog cast very much. We're we're kind of in the cox camp here, but I'm telling you, Blake Barnes on two different occasions in the past week have separate has separated himself from the pack enough that He's gotten special mentions from the staff. Both Mike Bobo and Coach Rick have both said they like what Blake Barnes is doing on the field. And in the Saturday scrimmage, Blake Barnes, I believe, was, although you didn't hear it officially, to everybody, to a man, the guys who were on the bridge there, including the Steve Spurrier graduate assistants, because we know you were there, you damn game you, Gamecocks. Blake Barnes was the class act there on the field on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, from what I could see, I think clearly Barnes and Stafford were the best two quarterbacks on the field
1: on Saturday in
0: and strange. And I would not be surprised if certainly by the second game and maybe by the first, we don't see Barnes at a number 1 if he continues on like he has been with uh Joe T or Cox as his backup. I mean, you know, put it bluntly, and we've talked about this before. You know, I could quarterback against Western Kentucky, and we'd win if I could hand the ball off, throw a short pass. I mean, we're not yeah, going. you
1: can't throw a short pass.
0: I uh, I'm pretty mean. <laughs> but we're not going to really know what we've got until we play South Carolina on the ninth.
1: Absolutely, but see, Mark Rick's job is to pick the guy before then. His job is to know what we got before then. Really has expressed... I mean, he he came out publicly on Sunday and expressed frustration, not over the play of the quarterbacks. In fact, he said he's frustrated because all four of them are playing that well. They're playing so close that one or two have not separated themselves from the pack, and that's frustrating and making his job
0: harder. Well, I think he was hoping that Joe T would continue on, set up. I think he would feel more comfortable with Tereshinsky back there just from an experience factor that he's got. He's the only guy that we've got back there that's ever started a game.
1: Well, as a fifth-year senior, I mean, Joe T. has really is in a position he should be able to separate himself.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, let's get real on the thing. When Tarashinsky came to Georgia, I don't think he ever thought he would actually end up at some point in time being the starting quarterback for the dogs. I mean, this is a guy that loves the program. He's third generation. But, I mean, how many long snappers and personal protectors for the punter have actually become the starting quarterback at the beginning of the season? Not many. You know, I mean, he... This is
1: not the way it works.
0: He came there, he wanted to be a dog, and he has certainly, you know, done quite a bit. You know, I kind of picture him in the Corey Phillips mold.
1: Yeah, yeah, I hear you on that. Um, all right, well let's let's cover. I'll, I'll tell you guys, I wish we had some more for you on that, but I'm telling you, we're watching them, and they're making the throws. Stafford's footwork is good. Blake Barnes' footwork is good. Cox is checking off at the line. He's making adjustments. He's throwing touchdowns. Mo Mass is catching balls. Joe T's throwing balls. It really is as damn close as they say it is.
0: I'll tell you this. The best two guys we got on the field right now are Barnes and Stafford. We're going to see Barnes playing. We're going to see Stafford redshirted. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking with it.
1: All right. You heard it here first, dog fans. Old Dog is tell Old Dog is standing by the Stafford red shirt. Let's talk a little bit more about the, the scrimmage on Saturday. We are at the halfway point. Um we got some injuries to report on and everything, but Uh, Let's talk about the running game because, you know, I'm big on the running game. I think the running game is going to be very important this year. Uh, Craig Lumpkin, leading rusher in the scrimmage,
0: runs like a man, baby. Coming up big. He Uh, runs like a man. There's no doubt about it. He is back to running like he did before he tore up his knee. And, you know, with that kind of injury, everybody says it takes you a year or a little bit more to get back To get your confidence and to get that knee back to where it was before the injury and you know if you can think back two years ago he was a stud and we're seeing signs of that again he had one where he went turned the corner and i tell you it reminded me a lot of robert edwards when he hit that corner it was like you didn't see it in stride but it was like he hit another gear and just went on by,
1: absolutely he doesn't look like he's moving that fast, but nobody is near him and I'll tell you guys, I mean, for all you guys that have not are not seen what's going on in practices and you're not you know you don't really have a feel for it, take my word for it. Craig Lumpkin is all the way back. He is all the way back. And although Thomas Brown is number one on the depth chart, Craig Lumpkin is knocking on the door. And Brown and Lumpkin, with this, we got this whole Brown doing his scat back, kind of squirty uh, water bug kind of thing, and Craig Lumpkin pounding it and still making the edge on the side of the field. I'm telling you guys, we are going to have a potent running attack.
0: But don't count Brown out either, because I tell you, pound for pound, that's the strongest guy we got, and no doubt. If, if I need a yard or two, he's still the guy I'm handing the ball off to because he can hit that line and push it forward oh, for the short yardage. Come on,
1: I tell you, if I gotta have a yard, I'm going Craig Lumpkin. Not me, boy. Thomas right. Brown's my man. All right, I, Thomas Brown. I don't give a shit if he's a hundred percent muscle. He still only weighs a buck oh five. But anyway. <laughs> Let's talk about a guy who didn't do so good. A guy who I'm really down on right now and where we need some help. Dog fans, I'm telling you, at tight end right now, Martrez Milner, if you thought that he couldn't catch a ball, if you thought thought he wasn't that damn good last year when he was full strength, let me tell you, with a broken finger, which he has right now, he broke his finger in the weight room. Just a tip. Yeah, I'm telling you guys, he's not even concerned with catching the ball. Catching passes... I'm telling you, he do, he doesn't even look like he wants to. He doesn't even give a, it. It's awful. He doesn't even want to catch the ball. He is. It's he's sucking. He is stinking up stinking it up,
0: guys. No, and we have been over the years blessed with for the really the last ten years a great tight end, Ben Watson. Year after year after year, you well, can trace it back to the touchdown machine. Clarence great K. Clarence Kate. And that's going back <laughs> over 20 years.
1: That's right. We've had but, some great tight
0: ends. But we are hurting at that position. And
1: Martrez Milner is right not Right now. Right now. He's got the tools, but he, he just doesn't seem to want it. I mean,
0: he just doesn't want I guess want maybe it. he needs to spend more time with that tennis ball machine.
1: Yeah, something. I don't know what the hell he needs. He needs something. But uh, let's talk about, I mean, uh, guys, uh, just quick notes. Momas He's all that. He's You know where he's at. He's right there. So, Momass is ready to go. We did lose a junior receiver over the weekend. T.J. Gartrell is out for the year. Junior receiver blew his leg out. He's done. Sean Bailey, if you, I don't know, if you even consider we, him a we've receiver.
0: Lost, we've lost a ball dropper.
1: <laughs> Sean Bailey's out. He's a ball dropper. He, he didn't, we wouldn't catch the ball anyway. So, um On the positive side, Chris Durham, Rick reported today in the after-practice press conference that Chris Durham will not be receiving a red shirt. He is going to play. Chris Durham is blocking downfield. He is playing aggressive. He's catching the ball. He's getting up. He's getting over our defensive backs. Chris Durham looks really good. He's a true freshman. The kid excites me. I told you before, he reminds me of like Ed McCaffrey or something. He's a fast little athletic white kid. Great
0: great hands. I mean, he's like he's like flypaper hands. Mm. You got something near him, if he, he touches is, it, it's going to stick. He's good. But I tell you, I really think probably the most pleasant surprise of the entire scrimmage was the offense. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've been talking about it and harping on it for a while how thin we are at the line and how it's really going to take you know, that the way the offensive line goes is the way our season is going to go. And we were able to, on Saturday, we were able to protect the passer and we were also able to establish a good running game. And Against the first team D. And that's going to be a very important thing for us when we roll into Columbia on the 9th of Saturday night. Absolutely. Ball control is important against Spurrier. And by the way, guys, we
1: were on the bridge for that spring, the scrimmage on Saturday. The word was is that Spurrier had four grad assistants on the bridge watching the scrimmage. I'm telling you, I was there. I couldn't tell which one of them was the Gamecock. If I could, I'd probably give him a swift kick
0: in the balls. It was those four guys with visors on. I,
1: I can't <laughs> yeah, believe you it missed the them. Down, the visors, man, all had to hide their circumcision scars. But, um... You know, they were there. I'm telling you, people are looking at us, and, and, I mean, we look good. Running game looks really good. And the offensive line was able to block against the first-team defense. Now, on the flip side of that coin.
0: I was a little disappointed in the defense, which, you know, to be honest with you, I thought was going to be our strength this Willie year. Willie
1: Martinez is disappointed in them, and, too. And,
0: you know, they just they looked a little lethargic out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the heat. Uh, you know, I don't know if the offense was showing them something that they haven't seen or you know if we've just a lot better on offense than we expected to be. But it it was cause for a little bit of concern what I saw from the defense and hopefully they'll be able to pick that up but as you know uh, I'm not a huge Willie Martin. He's got to prove to me that he can be a defensive coordinator at the University of Georgia.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well on the bright spots for defense, Quentin Moses, I mean, he's a rock. Charles Johnson on the other side end, those two guys, they're rocks. Now, big good a good surprise, Darius Dewberry, in you know, he's a true freshman linebacker. Where we need some guys at linebacker. This kid is making really athletic plays. He uh, had some pass breakups, had some good tackles. The kid can jump, he's got a good nose for the ball, which is very important for linebacker. Um, CJ Bird,
0: of, kind of out of the boss Bailey mode.
1: Yeah, kind of out of boss Bailey mode. And CJ Bird, kind of working on a Thomas Davis technique. Uh, four sacks, four sacks this past weekend in the scrimmage. CJ Bird looking good, sneaking up, cheating up on the corner, and uh, looking strong on the defense. Also, uh, Oliver looking good, and our two our two sleepers, Asher Allen, Prince Miller. Those kids can play. Those yeah. kids can really play right now, man. Those guys have got it going on. So, um, old—I mean, uh, dog fans. That's uh, you know, that's kind of a report on the first half of the season. We're going to take a quick break and come back with some more dog news here from Athens. Um, old Dog spent the day yesterday up at Brumby. You know, it was move-in day for the freshman. Yeah. He threw out his back or something. I think he's kind of a little uh, a little gimpy today because he worked so hard yesterday. A lot of teary eyes yesterday out of these parents on freshman move in day. But um, guys, football season's almost
0: here. Students go back to school on Wednesday. Yep. And and we're less than three weeks away. Right around the corner. The most exciting time of the year. Absolutely. Santa Dog is coming to town. That's
1: right. Dog fans, hang in there. We'll be right back. Story for you. Let's hear it. We got a kid. His name's Bo Fowler. Uh, Coach Rick talked about over the weekend. He, um, you know, he's narrowed down. We you know we're hurting for a long snapper. Got to have a solution at long snapper. It's an important job, old dog. It is. We got a kid out of Greene County, a walk-on. Says he's living the dream. Named Bo Fowler. He is down to. Uh, he's down to one of two guys who's got a job to be the long snapper this year. And uh, I know you're big on long snappers, so... Uh... Well,
0: I mean, it's not, it's not a position that gets a lot of play. Come on. Not a position that gets a lot of talk. It's usually someone you really don't care about until you've got three seconds left and you're praying that that snap gets back to the holder for the field goal kicker to kick it through. You know, we ain't going to spend a whole lot of time on this. Good luck to Bo. Just make sure if you got the job, you got the ball where it needs to be.
1: Now that is not what you said earlier, okay? Uh, no, it... I
0: said who cares about the long snap.
1: Exactly. You said who care I don't give a shit about this kid named Bo Williams. I don't care where he's from. He's from Green County. We got listeners in Green County. We got Dome listener to...
0: we got listeners in Antarctica. We got listeners all over the world.
1: Absolutely, I know. Okay, all right. We'll I mean, set... I,
0: I saw a polar bear ride a tricycle, but we're not gonna <laughs> talk about that either. <laughs> You know, for our listeners up in Antarctica.
1: I just, I just want to say, uh, Bo, we're pulling for you, man. I hope you get the job. Yeah. Um Uh let's see. Uh, you know, what else? What else we got to talk about? Oh, 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 let's talk about CBS Sports Line. CBS Sports Line, they're they're getting hot for college football now, you know. They picked two upsets. Well, they actually they picked like um I don't know, they picked a few upsets, like their national upsets of the year, old dog. The first one they picked was California number 12-ranked California, is going to upset number 23-ranked Tennessee in the first game of the year.
0: You know, and these networks... How can you call that an upset? It's getting, it's getting more bizarre every day. First off, Tennessee had a losing record last year. The only reason they won five games is because they had a stellar defense, and they've lost a lot of boys on the defense. We have no idea what Tennessee is going to be like. And to say that they're a favorite against a team that's ranked 12 positions higher than they are is ridiculous. Just on the sheer fact that you're going to have 100,000 toothless rednecks wearing orange in a stadium cheering for them does not make you a good team.
1: Absolutely. I totally agree. But in addition to the Cal over Tennessee upset... CBS is picking upset of the year in week two, South Carolina Gamecocks. They say that Georgia's going to Columbia and Spurrier's got the stuff for us. They're going to knock us off in the second week. Old dog, we're going to cover that game from top to bottom every way from Sunday on site with video and everything. What do you think about that South Carolina-Georgia game?
0: Well, you know, we are, and I think a lot of these guys are thinking back to the way Spurrier and the South Carolina Gamecocks played against Florida last year. Uh, big win for Florida. A big win for South Carolina against Florida, and certainly helped us out quite a bit. But I also think they forgot how South Carolina played in the Clemson game and how they absolutely just collapsed against Alabama. folded their tent in the bowl game. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was pathetic. It was It was an embarrassment to the SEC. And, it was. you know, I think we're going to probably see that out of South Carolina more than we're going to see the South Carolina that beat Florida. Because, as we all know, the University of South Carolina is where old coaches go to die.
1: I put my money on the chicken curse, baby. Every day of the week and twice on Sunday. The chicken curse always comes through. Um... I want to talk one more thing. I want to talk about guys. Listen, dog fans. Today, old dog and I sat down. We were kind of reminiscent, and we got this big projector now here in the bunker. It makes this like ten foot screen, right? So we got a couple of these uh, bean bags, and we sit around. Oh, should we
0: talk about? Have you got something to say about Entourage? Well, I just wanted to say we had gotten we we've been mentioning Entourage. Because we like Entourage. Because it's the best show on TV. It's the and, best show on TV during the summer. And we got an we got an email about two weeks ago from somebody that said dog fans, real dog fans, don't watch soap operas. Well, let me tell you.
1: That's bullshit.
0: Back back in the apartment in Rivermill, back in the late seventies. Next to O'Malley's Eddie meet Cleaver Weaver and his younger brother Jumbo would not miss General Hospital, with the old dog on a daily basis. And if you want me to, and if you want me to tell you more, if you'd be interested in that, I'd be happy to tell you about.
1: it. <laughs> now, let, let me get on the record here because I never watched. Uh, I don't. I watch Entourage, but now I draw the line at General Hospital and. Uh, I don't know, young and the restless and, and bold and and passions and all that kind of stuff. Old Dog here's a big wrestling fan too, by the way. He thinks wrestling is the only real sport you can watch on TV besides football. But anyway, meet Cleaver Weaver and Jumbo Weaver. We used to watch General Hospital every day with Old Dog in his apartment down in building 200 at Rivermill,
0: 203. 203. And baby. I don't and I don't think anyone would say that they were not real Bulldogs <laughs> no, and lived. And, 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 and
1: lived live to tell about it. But anyway, I, okay, so after we watch Entourage, which is great, Ari Gold, the, tell, what's the thing about the World Series of Poker? We're all over the place the here. The
0: character that Ari Gold is based on, one, the World Series. If you're watching if, Entourage and you know who gonna, Ari Gold is. Well, better than that, if you're going to watch the World Series of Poker on ESPN, and I know Cover some of your you guys ears wants right that. now, because we're about ready to announce the winner exactly it was Jeremy oh. Gold, who Ari Gold is based on, won twelve million dollars and
1: that's the guy in the real life who the character Ari Gold from entourage is based on. that's correct. he just won twelve million dollars in the World Series of poker,
0: so as we said earlier in the year, entourage kicks it's fast. the year of entourage. it's
1: the year of entourage, man, but anyway. Here's the thing I want to talk about. After we got finished watching Entourage, we kicked in this video. I got this DVD and we threw it up on the big screen there of Munson's greatest calls. Okay? And old dog, I know this is something we talked about last year, but this is, it's just, it's bugging me. Now that you've started talking about it, I can't not think about it. And and dog fans, I want to know what you guys think about this because I really love Munson. I grew up listening to Munson. I believe in Munson. He is one of the great things about Georgia football, and still is. I don't want you to think that I'm down on Munson like we kind of are about Lawrence Smith. Okay, we don't give a shit about Lawrence Smith. But anyway, Larry Munson is an institution at the university. But if you've been listening to him, he just is. It seems to me. He's really negative lately. Everything, you know, when we're winning, it's a slim lead. And well, the, we're
0: barely we're hanging barely on. We're barely
1: hanging on and the clock is against us and they've got forever, but we don't have but a minute. And you know, everything we our our defense is just barely getting it done and we're only kicking field goals and they're running through us like like knife through butter. And I just don't remember exactly when he went from, I think we can do it, to I think we're probably going to lose. Like, for instance, we were watching the 2001 Georgia Tech game today, which we won by 10 points. And at the end of the game, even after the victory, all he could say was, we had no we had no chance business winning. We the had game. no business being here. We had no chance to win, and we just pulled it out by the the skin of our teeth. And we're the luckiest damn things. And I got to tell you something. This is what has been bugging me all day. A guy, and I love. Let me just say one more time. I really love Larry Munson. I really do. But I'm telling you, if you don't think every damn week that the dogs are the best team on the field, that we deserve to win, that we worked for the win, that we're supposed to win, and that we're going to win. If you don't believe that in your heart, you do not deserve to be in the same stadium with me. I'm just telling you. Because I believe and expect the Bulldogs are going to win every damn week. I don't care who they're playing. And I think we can play with anybody in the country. I think we can beat anybody in the country. I like our coaching staff. I like our players. And it just bugs me that Munson. I think he doesn't feel that way as much as he used to, but, and that's bugging me.
0: But to answer your question, when did Munson turn negative? Yeah. Ray Golf second year as a head coach. Shit. And it's you know, and he's gone like that from then. And of course, who wouldn't be negative with Ray Golf as your head coach? I know.
1: When's he going to get it back? Is he going to get it back? Well, he's I don't 83 know. years and, old now. And
0: I'll tell you this, and for for years and years, I was one that if I couldn't make the game or if it was an away game and it was on TV, I'd turn on the TV, turn down the sound, fire up the radio and listen to Larry, and I have not been able to do that now for about the past 7 years just because of the negativity. I'm telling
1: you, I, and I mean, I don't know. I want to know what you guys think about this. I mean, tell us if we're on the wrong track with this, because like I said, we're fans of Munson. We want to be fans of Munson, but now that I've got this thing, I, I'm like, I'm you know, it's like, um, I can't not hear the negativity now. Everything he says now seems negative to me, and it's bugging me. So I want you guys to help me out with this, because um, it is kind of bugging me, because I don't want to dislike Munson. But anyway, um, that's the report, guys, from Athens. But we do
0: want to take his job.
1: Yeah, we definitely do want to take his job. I'd kick his ass to the curb tomorrow if they'd let me have his job. But anyway, that's another that's another topic altogether. But, um, Dog fans, that's about it from Athens. Um, really, you know, uh, Chris Durham's looking good. Martrez Milliner's looking bad. Uh, Tereshinsky's moving down. Blake
0: Barnes is moving up. But nothing and, official has changed. And, you know... We're getting very close to the point where we're going to have to have a number one starter, which at this point
1: Rick's is, gonna still, call it.
0: is still Joe T. And we're going to have to quit practicing football in general. And we're going to start putting in a game plan for Western Kentucky, probably at the same time, a game plan for South Carolina, and start practicing those. And at this point, at that point, which is coming soon, we cannot have four different guys sharing the snaps. You've yeah. got to have one guy taking the majority of the snaps. And that time's coming soon. It's probably coming this week.
1: It's coming, yeah. Guys, we don't have the answer for you right now, but I'm telling you, we're on top of it down here. And he is going to narrow the field to two. I feel Rick's going to narrow the field to two by by the close of practice on Friday. Or, you know, after practice on Friday. He's getting close. He has to. As much as he doesn't want to, as much as he says he's frustrated, He's the boss, and the boss has got to make the decision, and he's going to have to call it, and that, that time is coming soon.
0: And we need to, you know, we need to see the defense step up. We need to see him pick up a step, uh, you know, start playing. Defensive line's got to stop being so sluggish.
1: Yeah. And they've got to get a little more active, got to get some feet moving. Um, well, that's
0: about it, old dog. You got anything else? No, that's about it. Uh, you know, it was it was fun. Uh, you know, being out and about, breathing the air there. Absolutely. You know, as opposed to the stale smoky oh. air down oh. here in the bunker.
1: Yeah, I know. Hell we are we're smoking two huge La Gloria cabanas down here right now and drinking a couple of mojitos. And uh, kicking it in the bunker. One more thing, guys. Pitcher Day coming up this Saturday.
2: There it is. Pitcher
1: Day is on the 19th at Sanford Stadium coming up. Um, don't forget we got the thing, the First Friday thing, which is on Friday the 1st. Man, that's, that's gonna be at the, Classic well, the First Center. Friday
0: is going to be on Friday. It's on the 1st.
1: It's not just on Friday, but
0: it's on the 1st. Oh, man. First How Friday. How often does that happen that the First Friday celebration is actually on the 1st Friday? I is that you, a yearly thing?
1: I, I think they do it every year, but wow. I don't always think it, it is always on a Friday, but not always on the first, you sarcastic prick. But anyway, um, that's about it out of the bunker.
0: Uh, that's all I got. You know, we're we're ready for some football, and I hope everybody else is. We're going to keep bringing it to you. Uh, you it's, know, if something big happens, we're going to let you know. We're monitoring practice. Uh, we want to know who the starter is going to be just as much as you do. Two and a half weeks, guys. We're still sticking by our prediction here that Stafford's going to redshirt. Uh, he's, you know, by his own admission, still has a lot to learn. And I really don't think Coach Rick is going to waste a year of a talent, you know, Buck Blue aside, of a talent like that sitting on the bench with a clipboard, you know, doing mop-up duty. I agree. I
1: agree. We're just blowing a year of him. Um, so thanks for listening, guys. Remember, you can catch us anytime. You can call audio comment line at 706-534-1516, and you can email us at dogcast at gmail.com. We love your feedback. We appreciate you listening. Tell your friends, and uh, we are just
0: about to light the candle on this thing in a big way, guys. This has kind of been an informational show now. We're going to put another one together, get it posted a few days after this one where we're going to address some of the audio comments that came in. Going to be a little bit looser. Answer some of the questions. Probably do that about mid-week or so. So if you listen to this, come on back to us. Uh, If you have questions, email them. Get on the audio comment line. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to know. And. you know, if we don't know it, we'll make the, it
1: up. Besides the damn corner, <laughs> yeah, if we don't know it, we'll make it up. And besides, we know you want to know who the starting quarterback is, okay, so you don't have to email us that anymore. I got 300 emails wanting to know who separated himself at the pack on Saturday. So um, yeah.
0: and, it, and that was Blake Barnes.
1: Yeah, we're on top of the quarterback question, okay. Yeah, and the answer is Blake Barnes. As, whether you want to hear it or not, the answer is Blake Barnes.
0: But I'm still in the Joe Cox thing because that man's a winner.
1: And he's got red hair, too, and you like red hair. You gotta know love Alright, dog fans, listen, two and a half weeks to kick off. We'll be back later in the week, alright? We're watching everything for you. Don't worry about it. We got it covered. Go dogs.
2: Hey, I got an audio comment for you. This is Tracy from Smyrna. First audio comment is, this is, fucking parental discretion is advised, bitch. Um, First of all, if you play this, you might not get your little link to the UGA website, because as soon as Adam's Here's y'all screaming fuck all over the place. Shit's gone, but we'll still listen to you. Second of all, teaser on the fucking quarterbacks. Y'all can just kiss my ass. That ain't fair. Tell me what the fuck's going on. Yeah, and I heard about that Spurrier grad assistant. Y'all should have just Florida or the South Carolina guy in the balls, whoever looked like him anyway. And uh, on the rival's note, man, that website ain't nothing but a bunch of old fucking stalkers who are chasing little 18-year-old kids through hole and, like, begging them to come to Georgia. Now, I want the good ones to come to Georgia, but a bunch of fucking pedophiles on a website is definitely a fucking problem. Second of all, my girlfriend's got something to say about the quarterback competition. Hi. I'm drinking and dialing with my boyfriend, Tracy. But I have one thing to say is I don't fucking care about who the fuck is going to be the quarterback. I just want to go watch me some dogs. And. Yeah, we said, we don't give a shit. Just start the season, win some games. So, anyway, y'all have fun. Look forward to hearing this. Later. Hey, this is uh, Parental Discretion Advised Part 2. And you say you appreciate our feedback, but I don't know if, uh, Everybody's going to appreciate my feedback, that's just too damn bad. This is for all those people out there on Rivals.com that swear to God that Stafford has parted the fucking oceans and the freaking sun is coming through the clouds. Fucking white horses are appearing from Revelations because he came to Georgia and he's going to start from day one. They all deserve a swift kick to the balls. Hey, if he does play, that's good. But get the guy's rod out of your mouth before he hits the field. Later. I would like to cross from the record the last phone call made by Tracy from Smyrna. That was just rude. (laughs) And I hope that we can um, forget all that was said. Thank you.